Hello and welcome back to the True Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Gabe Timmons. I have with me Justin. We back for episode three. And Steven Alexander. <laughs> and welcome back to the show. All right, fellas. So third episode. We're gonna go ahead and get into it. Yes, sir. Uh, with the with the first topic. Yes, sir. So, Justin, you just you just kinda went over and told us. Uh, what you saw for happening in Illinois. You said Illinois is now allowing a five mental health day break without repercussion. What are your thoughts? Uh, I actually think is this is a very good thing, especially with COVID and stuff. Break from what? Hold on. Break from what? From school, right? Yeah, from okay. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's, it's unexcused absence. So I think it's a good thing because we all know mental health is understated. And uh, in today's society, we are just kind of getting to the point where we're normalizing like seeking help. We're normalizing like, uh, you know, admitting when something's wrong instead of just you know, uh, the toxic thing and say suck it up, rub mm-hmm. some dirt on it, you'll be fine, be a man, like you know things like that. So, um, it's actually. <laughs> I'm pr- I'm you know, proud of you, bro. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Continue. But, I love this. I love this. But yeah, it's actually good that we're actually normalizing mental health. Like this is good, especially with mm-hmm. COVID. Um, People are under mental duress. Um, like, like even for issues like this, such as what nine eleven um, is today, um, and some people actually might have lost somebody, um, you know, because of that. And for them, you know, not like you know, maybe take a mental health day off on Monday to you know reflect on a loss, like loved one or friend. The process. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I agree fully. Um, that's good on Illinois. What are you all thoughts? Okay. I think it's good. Justin stole the words right out my mouth. I applaud that, man. Uh, bro, why your hat cocked to the right, bro? Ti, listen, I'm, I literally just gave you a compliment, and all you can do is tear me down. Wow. Anyway, as I was saying, I, I applaud you, Stephen. I appreciate. I concur with what you just said with that sentiment because I think mental health is so important. Um, whether it's in schools, whether it's in the workplace. Everyone deserves to be the best, you know, version of themselves, to use that cliche. Um, and if, if that takes one day off, or is it five days out of the whole year? Like, it's not going to make or break a, a child's ability to learn, like, missing five days at one school year. Right. So, if those five I think, days, like, prevent someone from, like, committing suicide, yeah. I think that's actually a good, especially we're in suicide. Cost of benefit analysis. It, right, right. It, 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 the cost yeah. or the, the benefit definitely outweighs the cost, so... I'm all on board with, you know, giving these kids five days um, to recuperate and to collect their thoughts and to process because trauma and healing uh, takes time. Mm-hmm. So, and you, can, yeah. yeah. So. And I also think we're, we are definitely more aware of mental health now more than any time period in the world or, or in the history of the mm-hmm. world. So, uh, with that being said, now that they're allowing this i think it's a good thing like definitely five days a year is is nothing nothing. and in grand scheme of things you know what i mean you can just Um, literally just mix it in with i would i would be interested to see how that impacts you know the the learning more or less so if you do like so let's let's say for example i'm a kid and i take five days boom 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 how that impacts their ability to 
learn and, and things like that or to retain the stuff? And it, does that put them behind other kids or anything like that? I, basically, I'm saying I need more data. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, overall, I think it's a good idea. Absolutely. Um, we, we, uh, I feel like it could be approved or, or disapproved, though. I feel like there's something that um, in this case, it should be something kind of like a sick day where you actually have to request. Oh, you, you think yeah, it should yeah. request it? No, seriously, you actually have to request it. So it's just like, oh, uh, I'm going to take a mental health day right before this test because mm-hmm. it's like, ah, I'm not ready. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, you, you bring That's up a, a good point yeah, because, but, yes, you could easily abuse that system. Exactly. If, if not yeah. correct. That's how you mitigate that risk of, you know, oh, like his uh, performance went down because he took five ex- uh, consecutive um, – unexcused absences right before tests or quizzes because mm-hmm. he just didn't want to take them or mm-hmm. um, he had a paper due or a project due and I'm going to take a sick day. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think, I don't know. I'd much rather give the kid the opportunity, even if they're going to take advantage of it, to have that time. Because I'd much, I'd much rather be like, oh, uh, you can take this time off than like, oh, you got to come in for this test. Wait a minute. The test was yesterday. Where's this kid? Oh, he is no longer living because he was actually depressed and struggling with something. You know what I'm saying? Because then you're going to feel like an asshole because you weren't listening to this person's cry for help. That goes into the the wider space. Like, it's hard to even create these kind of laws because you have to take into consideration the human dimension. Mm -hmm. And the human dimension is in everything, essentially. You know, you could have the greatest intentions on whatever law or rule that you're coming up with but what often doesn't get considered is you know how will it actually be implemented and how will people actually more or less take advantage of it Mm -hmm. so yeah you know absolutely that is the worst case scenario like if somebody needs it and you don't give it to them they could hurt themselves well and and if the child doesn't have that parental um like presence there, mm-hmm. like it's very easy for that child to, you know, take advantage of that because the, the like I would say K through 12, like the child always doesn't know what's best for him yeah. or he or she. Absolutely. Um, but like, if you actually have parents there, it's like, Oh no, like you have a test, like you need to be there for that day. Mm-hmm. Then they'll be less likely to take advantage of that. But that's not something always you can control. That's why I say you leave it up to the school administration to, approve on a case-by-case basis because if you're taking consecutive days it's like hmm, there's a pattern here it's yeah. very easy to observe that i pattern. mean there's, there's there's gonna be oversight over i'm not saying that school should just like with reckless abandonment okay see you tomorrow like right. there's obviously gonna be some oversight and like a profile built on these students um i think like Make a, maybe a psych eval or exactly right but i think a question that any leader asks themselves is like how can i get upstream of a problem how can i be proactive instead of reactive and i think this is a way of being proactive as opposed to like being reactive and in an in instance of, of this of mental health being reactive is sometimes deadly so i'd rather be proactive in this case that's all i'm saying i agree i think we're mostly on the same page with this if it saves one life it did its job yeah mm-hmm. it, Precisely. So now you know. All right, fellas, with with all that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, my topic section, number section. <laughs> the sports section of the, of the, the show. fan favorite section, okay? <laughs> okay. We're going to talk Bird versus Durant, all right? A lot of people, they, they you know what I'm saying? They, they talk about Jordan versus LeBron, Le- LeBron versus Jordan, who's better, who's that. Um, but a new conversation piece is, is taking – uh, hold and that is who is better, Kevin Durant uh, or Larry Bird? 
And what are your thoughts on that, fellas? Hey, I want to hear what you got first. <laughs> I really, because right. I, I already know, I already have my argument, and Larry Bird is clearly the winner, and I'm sure you guys will, all my fans will agree with me that Larry Bird is definitely still number two best yeah. small forward all time. I want to hear are what you got fans, to say. Are your fans? Come on. Okay, so my thought process is this, all right? You can bring out whatever statistics or stats or whatever on this specific uh, topic. My whole point is this. With every new year, with every new year, athletes become better. You can objectively disagree, but I personally believe athletes are getting stronger, faster, and better mm-hmm. as the years go on, right? Larry Bird, for what he was, was a talented player. If you threw Larry Bird in right now, I still think he would have an impact. However, what you cannot debate, and I see him shaking his head, what you cannot debate is Larry Bird was what? How tall was he? 6'9". He was 6'9". Kevin Durant is 6'10". Almost seven foot. He he's he's realistically seven foot, but he he's he's, he's six eleven. <laughs> he no. exactly. He is marked as six eleven, but realistically with his wingspan, he's about a seven footer. A seven footer that can hit Jays from anywhere on the floor. So really. good, Larry. So all right, okay. So Larry Bird can shoot. That that's good. But you know what? Kevin Durant is more athletic. Kevin Durant is faster. And if going toe for toe, toe to toe, Larry Bird versus Kevin Durant, Larry Bird is getting cooked by Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is getting 40 to Larry's maybe 25 to 30 that night. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying Larry Bird can't score and he's right. not a good player. But I mean, just honestly, just eye test. Look at the players. He is he is better than him on a athletic tip. So, and look at the, look at the talent that Larry Bird was going up against. Really? Like some of those players couldn't even play into the league right now. And for you to use their abilities at the time against today, it just, it just doesn't add up. Go ahead. Just okay. <laughs> First you preface your argument based on athleticism. eye test and intangibles. Yeah, I That's do. not, Fundamentally, how you break a pl- break down a player's stats skill do set. lie. No stats do stats lie. Do not lie with the context. <laughs> okay. co- that's the thing. Jared that's Dudley. What- Jared Dudley has more championships than Allen Iverson. Stats do lie. Yeah, I just said stats do not lie in context. With context, stats do not lie. Mm-hmm. So you preface it with intangibles, athleticism. That is literally the only argument you brought. Uh, that's the thing. The only thing Kevin Durant has over Larry Bird is the intangibles. He has a slightly better shot. And for you to even say that today's player or the players in the 80s with Larry Bird could not play in today's is wrong because I feel like the players in the 80s were actually more fundamentally sound. Actually, athletes nowadays, I feel like, are actually less skilled. They rely um, actually more on their athleticism. Uh, Larry Bird is pretty much the unathletic version of LeBron James. You t- the thing is, you take away LeBron James' athleticism, he's not nearly as skilled as Larry Bird. Okay. The thing is, if you uh, let's let's break it down. 
So we start off with shooting. Obviously, Kevin Durant is a better shooter, but you take the context in the 80s, Larry Bird averaged 37% from the uh, three-point line. In the 80s, guess what the team average was? 30.5, bro. So Larry Bird was the Steph Curry of the 80s. And then you break it down even further. Um, Larry Bird is behind only Magic Johnson, um, Nikola Jokic, and Ben Simmons for assist percentage. A far better passer than, than Kevin Durant. It, that's the thing. He, there goes a whole other dynamic that Ke- Kevin Durant doesn't have. Playmaking. So th- now we break it down even further. Uh, defense. Kevin Durant is not nearly as good as a defender as Larry Bird. <laughs> Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant has zero um, all defensive teams. Larry Bird has three. So, And if you break down the statistics even further, Larry Bird already, um, almost has about two steals per game for his career. And statistically, a steal can be marginally counted up to nine times uh, that of any other stat. So they're saying a person with 16 points and two steals can uh, – be equivalent to a person with 25 points and one steal. So you bring that into the context of it. Um, yeah, Larry Bird did score average three less points a game, but the amount of steals already makes up for that. It like his defensive impact is far superior than Kevin Durant. So now, guess what? Kenny's looking like kind of a one-dimensional player. KD in the last two years, yeah, he's got better defensive player as far as his blocks are concerned. But other than that, like. Larry Bird is still solidly in that number two. So spot. by so by your logic, and this is the biggest thing that stood out to me. By your logic, Larry Bird is an unathletic version of LeBron James, right? That that was your logic, right? So LeBron James has gone up against Kevin Durant for most of his career, and there is not a clear winner of who's better, LeBron. Versus Kevin Durant as far as scoring goes. So what? with that bit, it's KD far is <laughs> far superior scorer. Than okay, LeBron. so all right, so Arguably so right. Player. Okay, so you just proved LeBron my point doesn't right even there. have a left so, hand. Kevin Durant <laughs> is a superior scorer to LeBron James. You just said Larry Bird is an unathletic version of LeBron James. So with that logic being stated, LeBron Le- Kevin Durant versus logic. Larry Bird is is doubling that. He's not going to be no, able to you don't understand him. what I'm saying. The fact that he is an unathletic version of LeBron James, he's a <laughs> lot more savvy. He's sm- he's a smarter player. You compare Larry Bird's and LeBron James IQ, Larry Bird is far superior. The only thing Kevin Durant has over Larry Bird is athleticism and so slight size and shooting and barely even that because at the time Larry Bird was a lights out shooter in a time where people just didn't shoot the ball from long distances. So let's see the, the crazy thing about all of this is like, it, it's like it stops at the nineties the and eighties. You would definitely agree that Larry Bird is better than people who played in the fifties and sixties. You would agree with that. Like you wouldn't even bring up, the, these older players that played in the 50s and 60s. You would just go ahead and say Bro, Larry Bird and Jordan is better, okay. right? But as soon as we get to the 2000s and the era that we're in right now, Larry Bird is better than Kevin Durant. Bro, it makes no sense. Bro is, and the reaching, reason, bro is reaching hard. 
This nigga went pre-NBA, ABA merger, bro, to try to prove a point. Uh, bro, you can't I'm grab anything saying. from pre- the pre-ABA, NBA saying, merger hey, for anything, hey. bro. The league wasn't even the same league, bro. They went back to the era when they were shooting yeah. peach baskets. I'm trying to find that. I'm trying to find that Drake verse. You know what I'm talking about? Like they try to compare us to. You know what I'm saying? Hold on. No, bro. No, we do not know. <laughs> for the pop culture segment. No, 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 no. Hold on. Drake has some. Drake has bro, some. Bro, we don't know inside. what you're talking about. But, <laughs> hey, but <laughs> moving on. Moving on. No, hold on. Hold on. Like, <laughs> move on. I'm going to come back to it. And it's going to be a well suited point for this segment. It's going to be random. Moving on, bro. I'm going <laughs> to agree to disagree on that hey, one. If you agree with me, um, like if you um, agree with Gabe's um, comment. Oh, but Lord. everyone subscribe, okay? All right. Agree to disagree. We're going to move on to the next topic, fellas. So, as we talked about this this week, mm-hmm. um, the way we wanted to go with it was how important is... Well, not, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Um, you know, in, a lot of people in their relationships, they are, they struggle with uh, commitment. And I think a, a lot of that has to come, a lot of that comes with the fact that there's temptation out here. So you log on to social media and you see somebody who may or may not look more attractive than your partner specifically, right? And with that being said, you in the back of your mind, you say to yourself, well, I could stay with this person or I could get married, but there's always, what if there's there's better out there, right? So with all that being said, how important is temptation or, or how, how much does temptation affect the relationship? And how can we avoid that? I'm opening up to the floor. Go ahead. No, I mean, y'all start. Y'all start because, again, I'm not a relationship (laughs) expert. So (laughs) temptation sounds something I think about on a daily basis. So y'all open up the discussion. I would say temptation is always there. But me and Gabe had discussed this before, and it comes down to um, two things, maturity and self-discipline. Like, yeah, it's cool. You might see some, like, IG miles. Oh, she might be hotter than my girlfriend. But, like, you don't know what else she brings to the table. And at the end of the day, it's just window shopping. Like, would you really trade her for what you have? Say you're in a long-distance relationship for one, two, three years. Would you really trade her qualities for some other girl just for their, their looks? And the thing is, like, we get to a certain age. This is where maturity comes in. We get to a certain age where it's like, hey, man, like, stop dotting around. Like, it's time to, you know, settle down and start a family. And, like... You, you don't want to be, like, 45 and be like, hey, guys, what's the move? I'm like, nigga, start a family. <laughs> like, like seriously, though, it's like, like there, I don't really know if there's, like, a point. I feel like there, there is a point when you know they settle down, but it's you actually have to um, really love that person. You have to really value, value them. You have to value what they do for a living. Um, you have to see them as someone that would raise your child. Like, when you, when you look at, like, some girls on Instagram or whatever, like, you're just looking at their looks. You're not even looking anywhere. You're not looking further than that. So, like, I don't know. What do you think, Gabe? So, yeah, I, I think that th- nowadays there is a lot of emphasis on, you know, looks and just the superficial, more or right. less. And I, I say that 
to say that a lot of people think to themselves or specifically a lot of people are, are not sure if they want to settle down or stay in a, a specific relationship because, you know, they they have that FOMO of what if I what if I stay with this person and you know, there's somebody better or what if I miss the person that I should be with to stay with this person? And I think that a lot more people like that that shouldn't be the thought process that we have. And I think a lot of people should look at what they have and then the the real test should be I know this person has flaws. I know this person has issues mm-hmm. specifically because no person is perfect. But are the issues that this person brings a benefit or are they a negative to my life? And if they're not that bad, you should you should stay with that person. That should be the person that you, you move along with because no person is perfect. Even the most attractive woman in the world has competition. And even the most attractive person in the world has a person that is tired of dealing with them specifically or or wants to move on with them or looks at somebody else. So I think when you put that in perspective, then you appreciate what you have more. Steve? Yeah, again, I really don't – I don't think I have too many thoughts on it only because um, – I've never really been put in the position to be tempted. You know what I'm saying? Like I Really? Yeah, like I again, I've never really had too many relationships. Yeah, um right. or I haven't I've had relationships, um, but I haven't really had committed relationships to the extent where it's been three years, four years, five years, and it's like, ah, this is drying up. I'm I'm gonna get tempted to do some crazy reckless stuff that could ruin the relationship. I don't necessarily mean that you're gonna cheat on that person yeah but specifically what i mean is when you're in a relationship what stops you from getting married right there like if you've been in a relationship for a year six months what stops you from getting married with that person if you guys are vibing already and what comes back to it is not necessarily cheating or anything like that you still don't feel like you know the person and also that by not knowing that person that they may leave you if you got married right so the thought of temptation the thought of uh something better is out there than what i currently have that's Mm -hmm. what i'm speaking towards not the the cheating aspect necessarily i think that's the obvious red flag that most people see they see like oh this person cheated on me, so I'm going to leave. I'm talking about the nuance of, oh, this person Should is not necessarily everything that I thought they were going to be, and there could be somebody better than that person. I'm tempted to go find other or not commit fully. Again, again like for me, one, I think I, I have two, I'll call them fatal flaws. One... I don't think I have enough relationships to draw upon to mm-hmm. talk about the issue. That's one. But two, the relationships that I've been in, I've like taken my time getting to that point, to the point where it's like, I'm not even considering anybody else. I've cut off everybody else, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's just like, it's me and you. It's okay. me and you, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. But again, that gets back to the, the first fatal flaw in the sense that like, 
I don't know how long that would last for because I've, I haven't been blessed with the opportunity to see the full extent of a long-term relationship. Okay. Are All you right. saying that as like, uh, are you saying that, you know, you just haven't been in a relationship? I don't think it's more so the number. I'm thinking more so you think it's the length you've been in a relationship? Both. Both. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So okay. I think number of relationships and length. Um, I just don't think I have enough. Like if I'm dating someone, it's just like. It might take me six months, eight months to get there. Whereas for some people, it might be like, oh, two weeks, you're my girl. A week and a half later, shit, I'm kind of tempted. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, it's like, for me, it's like. never really fuck with them anyway, Steve. Yeah, for me, no, but for me, it's just like, okay. I'm kind of tempted. Like, what? So that's what I'm saying. For me, like, I'll wait like half of a year of talking to somebody and be like, okay, now's the time. Um, and again, it's just me and me and that person. Um but I want to go back to the Drake verse that I botched earlier uh, that I think complements y'all's uh, conversation. Um, Drake says, in Lord, Lord knows, um, they take the greats from the past and compare us. I wonder if they'd ever survive in this era. Look it up. Lord knows by Drake on the Take Care album. I think I think it's very appropriate for the conversation. I think it's very appropriate for the conversation we were having. Like I really couldn't contribute much with the conversation, but I'll contribute that. that little insignificant smidgen. I wonder if they'd ever survive in this era. My sports segment. Lord knows. All right, Lord we'll, knows. We'll, think, we'll think about it, bro. But what what <laughs> to this specific point? Yeah. Back. Yeah. Again, I digress. I digress. <laughs> What, what what you got? Threw me off. Uh, like I said, I've I've never really been tempted. Like I've obviously like I've been in a relationship and I've seen other people like okay I can acknowledge that they look good, but I'm not like ah I'm gonna start like leaving my phone on do not disturb when I'm around my girl or ah. First off, if I you first a, off first off if you leaving your phone on do not disturb you as an adult, you're irresponsible. <laughs> okay, you're irresponsible. But but go ahead. Uh, I would say, um, back to Steve's point, I think this actually might be a good thing for you, Steve. Like, you take your time. Yeah. And, like, once you get to that point, you don't see anyone else. That's actually ideal in a relationship. I would say, for anybody in a relationship, me and Gabe have been in a relationship long enough where, like, the temptation is there. But it's nothing if you don't act upon it. So, and that's where the self-discipline comes in. He's like, okay, like, yeah. she's, she's fine. But she's not my wife. I'm gonna, you know, move along. You I'm know what I'm saying? I'm also a very disciplined person. I think that also helps exactly. with and it. So, I also have like a like a integrity in yep. the sense where like I get secondhand embarrassment from watching people cheat in the movies. Like I could never <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, bro. I, <laughs> if I see someone, I'll be like, ah, oh, I can't watch this. Turn it off. Turn it off. Cause it triggers something in me. Right, like right. I, I it doesn't sit right with me, bro. So like I don't know. I think it's discipline, integrity. Having a good moral compass where you get that feeling you know it's between like, you know, right and wrong. You ever watch you ever watch How'd I Get Married or Why'd I Get Married? Tyler Perry's yeah. Why'd I Get Married? Yeah. That is hard for me to watch. Yeah, no, I mean, no, but actually, it's hard for me to watch. Actually, actually. <laughs> That's one of the the few that I actually do like. No, I love that. I watched it. I watched that movie. I watched Tyler Perry's Why I Get Married every Christmas, and then Why I Get Married Two is also on a being very good film. By Tyler Perry. Jones, the only good ones. I will definitely say both of them are pretty unrealistic. But of course, but, unrealistic, but, but they're yeah. entertaining. The plot yeah. development trash. Um, but I can't. They're wa- mid, but they're entertaining. But when it comes to like the infidelity and like the temptation, I'm just like I can't. I really can't. And that just comes um, that just comes with the territory of being like morally sound, disciplined individuals. Like, we just don't. I mean, the temptation had. I'm not gonna lie. The temptation has been there, but as long as you don't act upon it, 
um, that's the only thing, you know, that's going to get you in trouble. So um, back to my point um, earlier, I would say there's a lot of things tied up within a serious relationship. When you start adding multiple years to that relationship yeah. and all the things you have tied up, whether it be bank accounts, family relationships, business, it's just like, wow, like, are you going to risk all that for a one night stand? That's going to feel good for about uh, two to 10 minutes. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't want to know any of y'all's personal business. But <laughs> that minute, it's like it's like a drug. It's just like okay, like that was nice. Yeah. Now I go back to my real life, and now I have to, you know, look my wife in the eyes yeah. every day. And be yeah, like, it's a yeah. yeah I was just it, out with the boys. it really comes down to that discipline aspect. Right, right. Yeah. So not, it's like, were you really to ruin your own life? And then guess what? As you progress further and further, you bring kids into it. Are you really? And your kids see that and how that impacts them in the future. Like yeah. as you get, if you get farther and farther into a long-term relationship, it only gets worse. So that problem only gets worse with time. So yeah. you, it, while you're young in your twenties, you want to build those good habits, that discipline now, because it's only going to be worse when you, you, you're married and you're, you're out stepping out on your wife and your, your kid's like, dad, where are you going? I'm going to get a carton of milk. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> and not, and not to say that we're holier than thou, right? Like Lord knows, like maybe one day I cheat. But but for now, like I've never cheated. I've never cheated on somebody, and I couldn't see myself doing it because, like, like I said, like it just doesn't it doesn't sit right. You know, y'all yeah, can call us cornballs or something. That's just how. That's our take. That's our take on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I I see what y'all saying, and, and I definitely agree with a lot of it. I'm sure there are people. There will be people that agree and disagree with what we have to say. But yeah, it's it's just a thought. It's I'm, just also something that you we we see a lot of. I got a question uh, that's kind of loosely related. Do y'all um, date to marry? Yes. Yes. Why? Yes. You, I I I do I do believe that. Uh, I mean, you're married, so. But. Yeah, I mean, look, even when I was dating, yes. Well, well, I say every every girl I dated, I was dating to marry with yeah. the intention of marrying. No. So, yeah, to your point, no. Every single date is not. But I would definitely say that was when I was, like, 18, 19, and 20. You know what I mean? Like, that that wasn't my focus. But I think the main focus here, because we're we're all 25 and up, if you're 25 plus. That's exactly what I was about to say. If you're 25 right plus, if you're 25 plus. Right. And you're not dating purpose with a purpose of any kind like yes you, you are wasting people's time essentially because we all have jobs and you we gotta think all about have it. responsibilities we all have things yeah. that we're doing so if i do go on a date with you right like and you're just here to do this or do that like you can find that with a younger person yeah. Honestly, you know what I mean? And the thing is, you have to think about from the female perspective, they're on a stricter timeline. Like, after about 35, like, uh, you're at, more at a 40% risk of having, like, a either physically deformed or, like, some kind of birth defect because their eggs age. So, like, women, oh I know, whatever, God. whatever the it's term factual. is, you know, it's hey, factual. It's so, factual. women are mean. on a stricter timeline. Yeah. If you're trying to have kids, that is, women are on a stricter timeline. So, after 25, it's just like, wow, I'm dating with the intention of marrying someone and building a family. You're just like, ah, I'm just out here having fun. Like, you're wasting her time. So, <laughs> I, so here's what I come into play and with, with my point. Uh, and that point is, I wouldn't say... So for me right now, let me backtrack. 
So my my fatal. <laughs> No, because I want to make sure I express this correctly. Because I don't want to like, you know, slander anybody or anything. So I think, again, to, to my fatal flaw, it takes me a while to commit um, to something. Because when I commit, I commit seriously. But I think in taking that time to commit, I may be missing out on opportunities. You know what I'm saying? And I've, I've expressed this to you before, Justin, my romance rep theory, my romance repetition theory. I argue that there's something to be learned in every single relationship you have with somebody, whether it's two weeks or two years, um, because there's a difference between just like talking to somebody, just chatting, just bantering, and like actually committing to that person and going through the the schema, the mental schema of a relationship. Because mm-hmm. um, there's value in a relationship. Like if if I'm talking to a woman for six months non-committally or, or in a non-committal situation i'm not only wasting her time but i'm wasting my time because i'm missing out on the learning opportunity of that experience because when you're in a relationship and we've talked about it in past episodes you're you're forced to communicate in unique ways you're forced to disagree you're forced to argue you're forced to love deeper and you know get to know each other deeper than if you were just like in a situationship so, so that's one of my fatal flaws like while I might not date to marry this person, I'm dating to learn something about myself in the sense um, that I'm learning what I want in a future partner, in a future spouse. Uh, and I don't think you can overstate the value of that, you know, even if it's two weeks. Would you would you say that has a ceiling, though? Because after a while, it's like, uh, it's like a fucking wine tasting. It's just like, ooh, I tried you, 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 you. So let's, let's while, not, let's, tasting the same. let's not equate women to wine. No, okay. Saying, no, no, no. I mean, but I get what you're saying. I'm saying by date. Well, actually, yeah. uh, if you want to go that route, I'm actually saying, oh, I'm just going to like date her, 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 her to learn something about myself. That's actually you consider that objectifying women. It's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you, 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 these different flavors of the week to learn about more about myself. But you are still wasting that person's time. I don't even look at it as of objectifying. Like I, I look at it more so of the the factor of like yes, if you're using each relationship as a a learning experience, then the point is to build upon what you've learned. Right. So. The girl that you date, girl number or person number, <laughs> yes, girl number 10 that you're dating should not be the same date that you had on date number one. Exactly. So if date number 10, it, it, with that being, being stated, date number 10 should be, you should have found the person that you are most likely going to stick with. By date number 10. Right. It, you, you know what I'm saying? If it's a learning experience and if number one is different from 10, then number 10 with you learning what what doesn't attract you and what you're interested in, date number 10 should be the person that, okay, this is who I want. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think that answers your first question. Like, how do I know I'm not suffering from FOMO? You know what I'm saying? So like, I think humans learn uh, well they say humans learn through two different ways um, repetition and significant emotional event okay so the repetition piece like putting yourself out there getting to know new people um, building these these relationships uh, whatever regardless of the, of the duration but also significant emotional event getting your freaking heart broken 
know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that is a significant emotional event. With or that, you can or, grow from that. Or right, there's growth there. Right. Or falling in love. That is a significant emotional event. And that's how you learn. You you don't just wake up one day like, oh, this is my wife. I know exactly what I want in a wife. Like you have to learn over time through trial and error, successes and failures. And that takes repetition. Romance reps, you feel me? Like Yeah, but I'm saying like you actually have to be in a committed relationship before you're like, oh, this is my Yeah, wife. exactly. That's why I'm that. saying that's my flaw because I don't do that. Like I take a, he's like, oh, this is my wife. Now we can start dating. Like, no, you actually find out while dating. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, let's say you start talking to a, a woman or a man or a person. Um <laughs> Go, 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 go ahead, bro. Go, I, don't go ahead. I don't understand why that's funny. Go, go, go ahead. Um, <laughs> go, go it's ahead. 2021. Anyway, um, let's say you start talking to somebody. Um, and damn, I lost my train of thought because of y'all's. <laughs> uh, let's say you start talking to somebody um, and it's, you're vibing, you're hitting it off. Um, it's been like three, four weeks, maybe a month. Uh-huh. Make it official. Commit. Learn something from that experience. If y'all break up two weeks later, three weeks later, a month later, um, cool. You learn something. Repetition. If you get your heart broken six months later, you learn something. Repetition plus significant emotional event. That's how people learn. I know, but it's a little bit more complex than you basically broke it down to like the scientific method. <laughs> it's like pretty much is like I'm going to go through this experience. Oh, this turned out bad. So I'm going to do I'm going to do another experiment and like. I feel like you think about too much. No, I'm serious. Though. So what's the opposite? Me just out here just doing my own thing and no, not really I, learning. I think, or I think it comes down to like what are your what are your cardinal cardinal sins more or less for your specific relationship because each relationship is different. What are your absolute no's in a relationship? And if that person checks all the blocks and and does not meet any of those cardinal no's then why well, what what more is to evaluate you know what I'm saying a dating is more or less an evaluation process yep. I believe I can and so, that though your future and your goals you can right. that like right. like right. Right. right that's what I'm saying so I'm saying dating is is nothing more than scouting it's nothing more than <laughs> back <laughs> to last week's episode it is right back to last week's episode um Dating is nothing more than scouting or, or or evaluating somebody for who you want to be with or who supports your life. So if that person checks every single block, what are you what are you worried about? And I, I know some things that uh, just from speaking with uh, people in my family and then just also like friends. Like, I, I know what some of that may be. Some of that may be, you know, if you are a man, you're worried about the divorce aspect. Yep. I know a lot of people think about that. They think about, well, you know, everything's going good right now, but what if in 15, 20 years that person leaves me? You know what I mean? And there's always that fear. But I think that that is just what it is. That is a fear. It is, I'm not saying it's rational or irrational of a fear, but... It is just fear, and if you let that consume you, you mm-hmm. will never make a decision. Well, the thing is, falling in love is taking a risk. That's why it's falling exactly. in love. Exactly. You're actually taking a risk inherently, because guess what? You get married, and what if it don't work? She taking up, she taking happier shit, no matter if she worked or not. Like, yeah. Mary, seriously, I feel like that's why more and more today, marriage is a uh, bigger concern amongst males, because we, we see on uh, Instagram or the news, it's just like, oh, 
she was married to this basketball uh, player for 2.5 seconds. They got a divorce, and now he's paying, you know, with P.J. Washington paying this woman 200000 a month. Yeah. So that's actually something serious to consider. Finances, I think finances should always be something serious to consider. And when you're about to get married to someone, like whether it's their credit, how much debt they got, <laughs> what they do for a living, seriously, because um, – I believe in your partner should be an asset and not a liability. Mm-hmm. Like, and it might, may sound harsh. And I actually said this, I think in the first episode, um, but you want to grow together. You don't want one dragging the other one down. Mm-hmm. So, and I look for, uh, also not just like a lover and a partner. Uh, I want a business partner as well. So like I add that into my scouting criteria. I don't like you say that <laughs> shit. This is not the NFL combine. Like what's your nah, 40 time? You know what I mean though? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, you'll, you'll get there, anybody, Steven. Anybody else got some points to that? You want to finish off the segment, Steve? Um, I got no closing comments. Um, yeah, now that this is this is a good segment. I feel like the relationship segment is always a strong segment. Um, it's a, it's a relatable segment for a lot of our right. viewers. Yeah. Um, so if y'all have any relationship quarrels or anything you want to hear talked about relationship wise, leave a leave a comment down below. And we'll Ladies, try to. I know you you guys like this section a little bit more than men. Even the men, I've got positive feedback for from them on the relationship segment too. They can really like relate. It's like wow, like that was very powerful. Like comment what you think. I want you guys to um, engage a little bit more. Like what do you want to see? Um, you know, something we can do better at because we're trying to grow with you. Like we're trying to get noticeably better every episode. Because so. because even if we don't talk about it on camera, I guarantee you other viewers see those comments and talk about it in their circles, in their friend exactly. groups. And that's what yeah. this podcast is about. Just like yeah, getting absolutely. people to think more broadly, you know, so. Yeah. And making money, but. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, fellas. So we're going to go ahead and move into that, that final uh, topic, uh, self-awareness and personal accountability. I know this is a big one um, for for all three of us as far as uh, what we see on an everyday basis. But how important is self awareness for uh, an, an in, for an individual, and then also just personal accountability? Like how how much is the world at fault for something, and how much is it? your responsibility i have my own opinions and beliefs on this but i'm curious to see what y'all think about it um i would say um like obviously everyone has their um different upbringings their different challenges and struggles but at the end of the day um you have to answer one question what am i going to do about it like i'm a strong proponent in dealing um dealing with the cards you've been dealt um everyone has different situations you can either kind of sit on your hands and you know, either wait for a handout, wait for someone to help you, or you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps and and accomplish what you want to accomplish. Because life's too short to for you to like, you know, um, wait for somebody or um, wait for somebody to help you or wait for a change. I believe um, strongly in changes are, are generational change. Like it, you might be long gone before the issue that you that is your biggest like struggle is solved so like i feel like i really believe that you should like try to figure that out um and not kind of you know just like sit in your hands and blame someone or uh something for you know you know why you didn't accomplish everything you wanted to accomplish in life um yeah what do you think steve 
Yeah, go ahead, Steve. What, what thoughts? Um, it's interesting because I think I I lean towards an opposite stance of that. However, for me personally, like like you said, I like to pull myself up on my bootstraps. I don't like to blame anybody else but myself. Um, at the same time, I do recognize the plight of other people and how it's not – I they might not necessarily have the same card that I have. Um, Cause I have a lot of privilege inherently, you know, I'm a man. Um, I'm cisgendered. Um, you know, I'm straight. There's, there's a lot of privilege there. So for me, it might be easier to pull myself up on my bootstraps than somebody else. So I recognize the differences there. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like personally speaking, I agree with you. Like I try to be resilient, mentally tough. Don't make excuses beyond time you know like little little things like that that make you more successful quote unquote um but at the same time i recognize that it's not doing those that bare minimum is not does not equate to the same level of success or the same scenario for everybody that puts in those same entry arguments all right let's hit the segment like this um uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm seriously i'm gonna preface the segment with this do you think racial uh, uh or dis- discrimination in general um accounts for most of the inequality in America. Wow. That could be that's a novel. In fact I probably have several novels on my bookcase that that get into that. Snippet. Uh oh this is so much to be unpacked there. Most of the inequalities in the whole country, racial inequality. Yeah, well it doesn't have to be racial. You think uh, like you think discrimination accounts for discrimination inequalities and disparities and social and economic advancement. Hmm Damn, I'd have to make a, a thesis statement on that. I have to. I might have to get back to you, but <laughs> off the top of the head, I mean, I don't know. Like, people always say everything's a construct. You know what I mean? Like, counterfactual argument. Like, if these constructs didn't exist, if these discriminatory factors didn't exist, where would where would we be as a society? You know, like if people didn't um, discriminate. Um, people because of their physical ability what would our society look like what would the architect the literal physical architecture of our society look like you know what i'm saying like some people have to fight to get ramps put into a place or an elevator put into a place like that's what influences society this conversation a little bit i think when i when i when i pitched the idea here of how important is self-awareness and personal accountability yeah this kind of i meant specifically (laughs) i meant specifically this how important is self-awareness and personal accountability on the day-to-day for every person? Like, I, I, like I got it. Like, it's been talked to at length, uh, the factors of discrimination and in the, in the workplace and discrimination in our society altogether. I mean, as an individual, you and you and also other people, how important is self-awareness and personal accountability to you? It's everything. It literally is. A, if you don't have the wherewithal or the back to integrity, discipline, if you don't have those factors to show up on time or to give people the respect that they give you or to, I don't know, name something that's professional. If you don't have that baseline of accountability and self-awareness, you're not going to go. create a toxic environment. You're not going to go anywhere. Right. You're going to like putter out and, and to define it what what is self-awareness to you 
What is self-awareness to you? And then personal. Uh, self-awareness is being cognizant of your flaws, um, of your strengths, like strengths right. and weaknesses. Um, and back to what we talked about in other episodes, like your ability to hurt other people, um, your ability to empower other people. Um, that's that's self-awareness to me. As far as accountability, it's just like just, um, I don't know, just... I don't know. How would you define it, Justin? Accountability is just like you said. It's kind of like in self-awareness in a sense where you, you're you cognizant of your flaws and you take responsibility for them. You know, yeah. the next guy. Exactly. Like being I, The biggest thing, I would say the only thing I would differ with for self-awareness is being cognizant of what you're good at and what you're bad at and how other people perceive mm-hmm. perceive that. Because mm-hmm. you might think you're good at some one thing and then maybe um, someone who works for you or with you will be like, oh, he's trash at that. Yeah. But it's like... That disconnect can create a toxic environment. So I, I would agree. say that's the biggest thing. And also into um, personal responsibility. Um, I'm reading someone, um, I was reading a, um, something by Thomas Sal. It's called a book, um, it's a book called Discrimination and Disparities. So it was actually talking about discrimination um, has actually a lot less of a role to play in inequality than politicians give it credit for. So actually it leads it up to it leads up to factors um, such as like pre- uh, prerequisites for success. And actually, there's things like um, parental attention, IQ, high work ethic, behavioral standards, and personal and financial responsibility have bigger factors uh, are like pre- bigger factors in um, a person's success than race. So I'm a strong proponent of that. Like, no matter where you come from, if you have a certain amount of the prerequisites, it's not a direct formula. You have a higher likelihood of being uh, successful no matter what race, gender. And he uses an illustration um, of minorities and minority groups in uh, minority cultures, such as the Indians in East Africa, the Jews in Eastern Europe, the Cubans in the U.S., and the Chinese in Malaysia. Minorities that are actually more uh, politically economically successful than the majority in the region so it is possible and that's why I said um, like we we talk about like just basic baseline professionalism and but that comes down to prerequisites such as parental attention but not everyone has that so how do we mitigate that how do we I agree. You know, it's all about your home training. Right. Um, but I think no matter who you are, you might hit the wall that is our society. Like OJ Simpson. I'm not black. I'm OJ. Like, mm. but like there's still other things that outweigh who you are, and what right, you've right. done on an individual level that you'll never be able to overcome. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. Like, no, nah, bro, you're black. So suffer the consequences of such. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, uh, all I was saying is the point, the point that if there were no discrimination, everyone would be equal and have equal chance of success as a fallacy because there's no even distribution curve for um, successful people or like people at in, in the uh, number one percentile. I don't think it's evenly or randomly distributed how, you know, uh, successful, like um, socially like superior people are. So, uh, and we're drifting, I think we're drifting back into the discrimination um, subset. But is there a specific direction that you wanted to? Yeah, I, I think specifically uh, what I'm getting at, and, and you guys are you guys are all touching on specifically what I'm talking about with self awareness and personal accountability. I think that the main thing that we want to drive home here is 
regardless of who you are, you know, gender, race, whatever, how important self-awareness and person ca- personal accountability is on the day-to-day for you to succeed. Yeah. You know, you can you can factor in different things. You can say this works or that doesn't work or at the end of the day you are this, but how much should you focus on self-awareness and personal accountability on the day-to-day for yourself? And I think you you guys have all pretty much hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I would add to this specific topic here is the best advice that I was ever given um, was that when you take everything as your responsibility, like regardless mm-hmm. of whether it was your fault or was not your fault, you will then move differently. So <laughs> you will then move differently. So even if it's not your fault, and even if another person did this or did that to you, if you focus more on the next move and on how you could have improved that situation, yeah. Yeah. you will be infinitely better than that, than that person who, no matter what the situation is, it's never their fault. Right. And I think that's what we're all driving forward. Regardless yeah. regardless of where we're coming from it, I think exactly. we're all essentially coming from the same Yeah. And I think to add to that point, like when I'm at work and if, if shit hits the fan at work, my first thought is what what was my role in this? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like where did I even if it wasn't my fault and maybe it's because I just have like crippling anxiety, uh, but uh what <laughs> how did I contribute to this task somehow failing? I think, and I think if you operate off that mindset, um, you can only serve to improve yourself. Yeah, I think we've all been in a situation where something went wrong and the only thing that circles in your mind is, you know, how is this my fault? Or he like, screwed me what, over. Like, like somebody <laughs> messed me over, somebody did this to me. But at the end of the day, no matter how much you, you want to take the blame off of yourself, if you put it on yourself and say, you know, you can look back at, at the situation and see like, oh, I could have done this differently or I could have did that differently or I could have did that differently. But you're the only one who can control. Right. You can't control and what that, anybody and else that's, does. And that's the point exactly. right there. Out of that whole situation, whether it was your fault realistically or not, it was still your fault because there were things that you could have done to essentially change you know, the outcome or, or whatever happened. And I think when we all look back on that and when we all, you know, work on a day-to-day basis, like we are better for that, you know, but Hey, you know, this has been, (laughs) this has been the true thoughts podcast. You know, if you have any thoughts or things that you would like to see, like Justin has said previously, uh, go ahead and leave a like and subscribe in the, uh, uh, in the comments and, um, you know, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and look for us every Tuesday mm-hmm. of the week. Uh, this has been the True Thoughts Podcast, and we'll see you next time.